0: Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us, and enjoy. Well, before I get into what I felt like the Lord had shared with me and I actually wrote down and have together, um, I've just got to share something else with you that the Lord gave to me when I was standing up here, and, um, and He actually gave it to me Sunday, and the title was not only really a title, but the word he said is, do you welcome the Holy Spirit? Are you welcoming the Holy Spirit? And I thought about it this week. I didn't really develop a message around that. But then as I was driving here, the Holy Spirit said to me again, are you welcoming the Holy Spirit as a people? And as a church are, are you welcome? Are you welcoming the Holy Spirit? And I was like, Lord, what are you, what are you? Uh, yeah, I, I welcome the Holy Spirit. Is there something that you want me to share? And I felt like he did. And I heard Coach Skota talk today about the scripture where it says that we, we go from faith to faith. You guys heard that scripture? We move from faith to faith. And I was thinking about that from obedience to obedience. And I was thinking about my own life when it said welcoming the Holy Spirit. And, and I recalled back to that first time when I was 16 years old. Now understand, I didn't grow up charismatic. Okay. I grew up Pentecostal holiness, which is a little bit different than charismatic. Okay. I yeah, got, I an amen over there. You know what I'm saying? Got a little chuckle and an amen. Um, you know, it's, uh, it was just different. If you, uh, if you raised your hand, it was because I don't know if you raised your hand, everybody would look at you. Okay. Right. I mean, you, if you were raised, even though it was Pentecostal, if you raised your hand, it meant either you were about to jump up and down. Or you're about to run around the church. so Or you really got the Holy Ghost. And that was for a momentary point in time. Well, I remember that we had this Action Jackson fella in the congregation. and He was speaking. And for some reason, I went to the front because all the young people went to the front. And here was the thing. Here was that point from faith to faith. There was a step of faith for me to go to the congregation, go up to the front. That was a step of faith. Okay, we moved from faith to faith. That was me being obedient. Did I have any idea what was going to happen next? No, I didn't even really understand the Holy Spirit. I didn't understand the gifts of the Spirit. They didn't really teach about it. Um, they just said, you need, to, you need to get the Holy Spirit. You need to come up here and there'll be a bunch of ladies with big hairs going to pray over you. And they're going to keep hitting your head over and over again until you get the Holy Spirit. That's all I knew. Well, Action Jackson, I liked him. He was kind of cool. He yelled a lot and he screamed and he ran. And I was like, hey, let's do this. So I, I went to the front. I had no, no intention to talk about this tonight, but I went to the front and I remember I was kind of standing, you are going to the altar, you were kind of standing toward the back, just a little nervous, but all the other stuff going on in the front, you ever done that? Okay, I know you have done that, you don't have to act like you haven't, but I did when I was younger, kind of sort of the back, well, he pointed me out, he said, come here, boy. I was like, oh, Lord, he had, you know, sweaty, you know, sweaty, he was all sweaty, but I remember he grabbed, he just grabbed my forehead, he said, in the name of Jesus, break the yoke. And when he did, I don't remember what happened. But I know that later some ushers uh, kind of picked me up and they said, son, we had to tackle you. But uh, you started spinning, you, you know, and it was real embarrassing. And, but hey, you got the Holy Ghost, right? I was like, yeah, I got the Holy Ghost. But, but it was from faith to faith. So that was a step of faith in welcoming the Holy Spirit in my life. Now, I didn't understand that you could build yourself up on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Spirit, June 20. I didn't know that. I thought it was just something that instantaneously you'd get periodically, like I did then. That's all. I, that's what I thought it was. And you're thinking, what? But that's what I, I was taught. So it was like an It was a. It was a. It was. Hey, I got the Holy Spirit, and I'll give you the date. It was uh, January 6, nineteen seventy-eight. That's how people talk. So it was like this. This moment. So God had to teach me some things. Well, we fast forward, and I remember like a few years later, a bunch of us young people were getting on fire for the Lord, and. I, I don't know why, but I said, you know what, mom, can, can we get into the church and just go to the altar and pray? I think I was 17 at the time or 18 or something. And a bunch of us young people, we came, we came to the church and we came to the altar and we're talking about welcoming the Holy spirit. And I remember we came to the altar. There was no, we didn't have worship music on, you know, I think at the time it was, I don't remember if there was, I think integrity had just been created, I think. And so worship music was one of those things that was kind of, so we didn't really have that. We didn't have any music at all. It was just us coming to the front and praying. And I remember as we were praying that night, uh, it was me and a bunch of other teenagers, I remember I started, I started singing, but I started singing out loud in the Holy Spirit. And... I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't know why I was doing it. But I'll I tell you what, I sensed something very powerful as I was doing that. And then I started singing in English and singing in the Holy Spirit. What I was doing is the Bible teaches I was singing a new song before the Lord. But I didn't. no one even pulled me aside and told me what it was. I had no idea. But I knew that I had sensed a greater intensity of the Holy Spirit at that moment like I'd never felt before. That was another, we move from faith to faith. That was another step. That was another step. And I believe those steps were there to take me to the point to where I finally accepted a call into ministry, take me to the point to where I am now, take me to the point, I remember Columbus, Ohio, in the middle of nowhere, God God told me to go to Columbus, Ohio, in the middle of nowhere, at a point in my life when I thought it was crazy, and I remember the first time they said, just lift your hands, a speaker said, lift your hands and thank God you're here. And I remember I lifted my hands, and I thank God I was there, and just the Holy Spirit just came all over me, and from that point forward, I knew what it was to walk in the Holy Spirit. I sensed the Holy Spirit. I could sense the Holy Spirit if I allowed myself to be open to the Holy Spirit. I could sense the Holy Spirit anytime, even walking through Walmart. Yes. Yes. You know, I could sense the Holy Spirit if I'm I'm at the table about ladies about to come up from Waffle House, and I sense the Holy Spirit telling me, "Hey, you need to speak to her about something." I was open to that at that point in time, but He moves from faith to faith, and I guess. I guess, I don't know, who is that, who's that for tonight? It may not be for anyone, but I believe it's for someone. Is that you move from faith to faith. It doesn't mean that automatically that everything is just going to be, you're going to understand everything. You walk from faith to faith. And each of us is different. To each one's own mastery stands or falls. What the Holy Spirit tells you to do is going to be individually for you. He knows what you need even before you ask it. He knows your prayers before you ask it. So he knows where you are. He knows where you are. I tell you, when I come in here to worship, and and God had to teach me things about worship. Now, I'm just saying this is what God taught me. I'm not saying this is what you have to do. We're going to get into the Word in a minute. But I remember there was a point where God said, Robbie, shut up. Stop singing. And I was like, Lord, why are you telling me to shut up? He said, because all you're thinking about is the tenor line, the bass line, the notes, the notes, harmonizing, you're not singing that to me. You're not directing these words to me. You're just trying to harmonize and sing real well. So shut up. And I want you to, with your hands and your body, and keep your mouth shut, keep your spirit open, I want you to direct these words to me. And when I started doing that, oh my goodness. It was like the floodgates opened. And I was like, oh my, what what in the world? So sometimes... and also, he taught me that worship is a personal thing. To welcome the Holy Spirit is a personal thing between me and him. I'm sorry. I love you guys with all my heart. But when I'm up here, I, I close my eyes. I don't know what you're doing. You know, I don't do this kind of thing. Yeah. I, you know, I don't do that. You know, what you do is between you and the Lord. I am worshiping him, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And I challenge you to do the same thing. Is it harder to worship when there's less people? Let's be honest, it is. But you have to get alone with God, even in an environment where it doesn't seem as comfortable as when there's a bunch of people. Amen? Amen? Because as you worship and as you get connected to the Lord, then the Holy Spirit begins to fill you up and there's an overflow. Then you start sensing that corporate anointing and that power and that presence of the Lord. And then the Lord begins to encourage you and to edify you and to prepare you and to give you the tools to use those tools out there. It is great. I mean, it was, the worship was awesome tonight. There was a point, there was an intensity in a couple of places. You should just sense it. But a part of me, the Lord was also saying, Robbie, I give you that intensity not just so you can have the intensity. I give you the intensity so you can use that intensity out there. Yeah. And, and I'm, not, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to me. Holy Spirit's telling me, Robbie, use that intensity out there, not just in here. So am I inviting him wherever I go and whenever I do? Okay, so now I'm we'll gonna transition to what I plan to talk about. If you'll turn to first Corinthians chapter fourteen, verse twenty six. I believe all of this comes together. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut my iPad on here. Did it come up Oh, I'm sorry. First Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 26. And it says, what then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when we come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. And I want to, if this thing's working, hopefully it is, is it working? No, maybe it's not. It says everything must be done. So that the church may be built up. All of this must be done on a regular basis. When you come together, each of you has a hymn, a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. For anyone who speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three, should speak one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. All of these occurred during the normal worship service at Corinth. A normal worship service all of these things occurred. There was a hymn, there was... I'm going to cut this off. There was a hymn, there was a word of instruction, there was a revelation, there was a tongue, and there was an interpretation. It happened on a regular basis as the Holy Spirit was operating in their church. A hymn, many of you guys think of hymns like the old hymns, but a hymn was actually a worship song. It was something spoken by music or a tune that praised God. All keep this in mind too there were times especially the early church when they met in the catacombs of rome did they have any music they just sung from their heart when we had our early disciples and leaders that were stuck in a prison they didn't have music they just sung that song before the lord and it was a song it was something music that they put of course this is scriptural we're seeing their music and our worship that's occurring on a weekly basis in our services uh, there's a word of instruction Here was the context of the Old Testament sermon. Do we have sermons today? Do we have teachings? Are we encouraged with the word? So yes, this should happen on a regular basis within the worship service. All these things should occur. A revelation. Okay, here's where we get prophecy. There should be prophecy given by believers in the church. Predictive, divine directive to strengthen, to encourage, or to comfort. We're beginning to see these things on a regular basis in our service. And speaking in tongues, Jude 20. Build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And it also says interpretation of tongues. What we are instructed to do in church by the scriptures is mirrored and patterned after what happens in heaven. If you'll turn to Revelation. Just turn your Bible. Sorry, the text not working here. Turn to Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5, verse 6. Revelation chapter five, verse six. It says, Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He came and took the scroll from the right hand whom sat on the throne, and when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp. Everybody say harp. Each one had a harp. And they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Our prayers are like a sweet aroma unto God. And they sang a new song. So in heaven, and this picture of heaven could be a present thing in heaven happening now. It could be a picture of that that future heaven when we're all there in heaven together before the great white throne judgment. But it's saying here there is a harp, there is music, there is worship, there is prayer, and people are singing a new song unto God. Does that sound like our worship services? Are we doing what is being done in heaven Yes, all these things that we do, I want you to understand, and maybe you already know this, we do it because it's in the Bible. We do it because God has, in essence, directed us to do this, to get close to Him and close to His presence. We need this time together. Welcoming the Holy Spirit, we welcome the Holy Spirit in our circumstances, but also we need to welcome, have the Holy Spirit. This should be the place of safety, a place where we are encouraged to that ultimate degree so that we can go out into the world and have that encouragement to win people to Christ. That's, right. That's why we come together. A lot of times, and, and I've, I've been guilty of this, we, we get into a rut. We get into a rut where church is just something that we do. But this is life church. And of course you've seen on the signs that says do life with us. And that's just not a a catchy slogan. That's a challenge to all of us. Not only are we to do life together, but we need to bring people in the fold and say, you know what? Do life with us. We're going to do life with you. You do life with us. We care about you. We care about people. You know, these people who ultimately become super wealthy billionaires, and you all know, we see these billionaires have been billionaires, and we read about them. They're always in the news. But ultimately, a large portion of these people, they give their money away. Because ultimately, at the end of their life, they realize the most important thing in life is not their money, but its people. And for us, people are even more important because we have a mandate to share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. It says, and then they sang this new song, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with the blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels, many angels numbering thousands upon thousands, and tens of thousands upon tens of thousands. They were worshiping. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders, and in a loud voice, do we ever get loud in the house? Is it scriptural to get loud in the house? And with a loud voice, because you you know what? If you believe in something enough, you care about something enough, you're going to get loud. I mean, I'm not naturally a loud person, but if I care enough about something, like if my kid is driving me nuts in the car, telling me to take the DVD player out, and I've told him 10 times, no, am I going to get loud? Is the no going to say no, Jonah? No. But if you believe in something enough, are you going to get loud? In a loud voice, they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. They did a lot louder than that. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing. They're proclaiming with a loud voice, they're singing, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And if you notice, these songs are not complicated. Have you ever gone to the worship service and say, My goodness? And I used to hear this growing up, Lord, are they going to sing that same song just over and over and over? Well, you know what? They're saying the same thing over and over and over. I think we're kind of we're kind of dense sometimes. Sometimes we gotta say the same thing over and over again to get it. Yeah. Amen. 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 That's right. Amen. 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 So what's our part? So what's our part? What's our part in all this and walking in the Holy Spirit? First of all, we have to be open to move from faith to faith. God doesn't ask for sacrifice; He wants obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Have you heard that scripture before? And that obedience is a strategic created just for you. Obedience. Romans chapter fourteen. I preached on that a few weeks ago. To each one's own master, he stands or falls. Is individually tailored just for you. Your Christian walk, your Christian life has been tailored just for you. Just like a tailored dress or a tailored suit, he's tailored it just for you. So what is the Holy Spirit telling you to do? Are you moving from faith to faith? I've said this a lot of times in my life, we don't move any further in God than our last act of obedience. That's right. You know, if he tells you to do something, even though a part of you is going, why am I doing that? I... Let me tell you, when the Holy Spirit tells me to do something, even if it's a little strange, or even in my mind I disagree a little bit, I'm still going to do it because I want to move from faith to faith. Yes. I want to go to that next level in Christ. Even up here, I kind of battled a little bit, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, call people up who want to just kneel before the altar. And I was like, that's, that's not real exciting. That's kind of, <laughs> you know, I was thinking in my mind, and Holy Spirit said, are you going to do what I said or not? And so I did it. And then, you know, sometimes when you step out there, it doesn't always happen like you want it to. It may not happen immediately, but you do what he tells you to do because even if it ministers to one person, you've done what he's told you to do. Okay? So I don't know what he's telling you to do. I can only be responsible for what he tells me to do. And you're responsible to him for what he tells you to do. So I challenge you, be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And, and I, I'm not, I just sense that this is a, a house that is in preparation for such an intensity of the Holy Spirit, we need to be ready to handle it when it comes. We need to be ready not only to handle it, but not like me, be people who love people enough that you're willing to teach them. You're willing to give them some insight. Remember when I was young and these things happened, I didn't even know what the world was going on. Do we care enough to pull a teenager aside or a young person and say, you know what, let me tell you about what's going on in your life. You know, as we, as we all get older, we tend to think it's somebody else's responsibility. The whole... We're in this together. All of us are in this together. Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 19. I want to show you something. You know, the Holy Spirit goes after us. Even sometimes when we're not even open to Him. First Samuel chapter 19. I love this. This is a really cool thing that occurred here. First Samuel 19 verse 18, first Samuel 19 verse 18. And this is after David fled because remember Saul was trying to kill him. Saul had thrown a uh, spear at him. Then Saul in the middle of the night was trying to kill him. And so he escaped. And so in first Samuel chapter 19 verse 18, when David had fled and made his escape, he went to Samuel, the great prophet, at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. Then he and Samuel went to Naoth and stayed there. Word came to Saul, David is in Naoth at Ramah. So he sent men to capture him. Saul was sending men to capture David. But when they saw, this is the men trying to go get David and kill him. But when they saw a group of prophets, men of God prophesying, power of god on them remember the holy spirit would come upon the prophet priest and king but when they saw a group of prophets prophesying with samuel standing there as their leader the spirit of god came upon saul's men and they also prophesied i believe a day is coming when people come in this house and they don't know what the heck's going on but they get filled with the holy spirit just because they walked in here okay i see that day happening i believe that day is happening and it's not too far away And you guys, by being here on the Wednesday night, tells me you are the core. You are the ones that these people are going to look to for encouragement, for wisdom. What is going on? Why is this going on in my life? And you're going to be able to tell them. You're going to be able to put your arm around them and say, let me tell you what's going on in your life and why God is doing this into your life. I didn't mean to say that, but I, I I think that's good. Saul was told about it. He sent more men and they prophesied too. They just walked into the presence of the Holy Spirit and began to prophesy. They had a complete different intention. They just walked into that presence and God did a work in their life. Finally, he himself left for Ramah and went to the great cistern at Sukkot. And he asked, where are Samuel and David? Over in Naoth at Ramah, they said. So Saul went to Naoth at Ramah, but the Spirit of God came upon him too even after he had been all heathen, throwing spears, trying to kill David. But the Spirit of God came upon him too, and he walked along prophesying until he came to Naoth. He stripped off his robe and also prophesied in Samuel's presence. He lay that way all that day and all night for 24 hours. This is why the people say, Saul saw among the prophets. When the Holy Spirit's in the house, you're not going to have to fight the battles. The Holy Spirit will fight the battle. You're not going to have to say, hey, we need to move this one out or move this one to the side. Don't worry about that. The Holy Spirit's going to take care of that. And I believe that this is a word for all of us in this house. Allow the Holy Spirit to fight those battles for you. He will take care of those things that are going on. So what's our part? Jude 20. And I've said it already before. Build yourself up. on the foundation of your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Don't be like me growing up and just think the Holy Spirit's a one-time event. It's a daily thing. It's a daily exercise of the spirit of God. Do you have your prayer language? Do you pray in the Holy Spirit? That is, it is scriptural to pray in the Holy Spirit. It is an encouraging thing. You know, I don't. You know. Uh, I do it all the time, even even when I'm at faith and I'm in a multi denominational environment. So I don't want to I have kids from all kinds of backgrounds Catholic, Presbyterian, Methodist. I don't want to cause any conflict. But when I'm there in worship, I'm over there and I'm kind of under my breath. But guess what I'm doing? I'm praying in the Holy Spirit. I'm saying Holy Spirit, get hold of them, you know, sick them, get them, you know, get hold of them. Yeah. I'm, and I'm praying encouragement for myself too. You you can pray in the Holy Spirit under your breath at Walmart. Right. You know, going to the gas station. Going in the auto parts store. Um, whatever it is in our everyday ordinary life, allow the Holy Spirit to operate through you. Pray in the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians fourteen, thirty-nine. Therefore, my brothers, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. It's not going to be forbidden in this house. Amen. Just mean amen on that. It's not going to be forbidden in this house. This is life church. We're proud of it. You know, Brother Scotty and I sat down, it was it was a week ago or so. Maybe two or three weeks ago, we sat down and we were talking a great conversation, we were talking, and we were talking about how that, you know, we're just gonna follow the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, that we know in our minds, we know, okay, well, if we if we had the service that's gonna be in this box, in this time frame, and we know if we did this and we did this, we could probably have this number of people. And we talked about it. But you know, we both said, you know what? But following the Holy Spirit is more important. We're going to follow the Holy Spirit. We're going to do what the Holy Spirit tells us to do. And that's who we are. From the minute that Brother Dick and Sister Pat started this church, it was being led by the Holy Spirit. They said they walked on the campus and they felt the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This is a safe refuge of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is welcome in this house. You know what? Every last one of you is needed. Let me say that every last one of you in this house, you are needed. You are special. You have something to give. You have a talent, you have an ability, you have a gifting, and you're needed in this house. You may have not found your niche, but you're needed here. And let me show you why. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and you've seen this before but I want to read it again so it's, it's so powerful. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 it says and I'm reading out of the NIV verse 21 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 21 it says the eye cannot t- say to the hand I don't need you and the head can't say to the feet I don't need you on the contrary those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable those of you that have ever said, you know what, I'm not needed there. I don't know enough. I don't know this. I don't know that. I'm weak. You're the indispensable one. You're the indispensable one. I'm weak in body. All I can do is, you know, is, is go to my house and pray. You're the indispensable one. Yes. Amen. All of you are a valuable part of the body of Christ. And without all of you, we're not whole. We are not complete as Life Church. I remember growing up we had, it was a lady, um, elderly lady named Ruth Hudson. I've probably talked about her before. I mean, very elderly lady. She had physical problems. You, You know, I'm sure she had difficulties even coming to church physically, getting and sitting down. But I tell you what, when we had a problem, guess who we called to pray for us? Guess who prayed almost all, I mean, literally prayed all the time? Ruth Hudson. Let me tell you what. She's the indispensable one in that church growing up. I tell you right now, when I get to heaven, that lady's going to have a much bigger mansion than me. I'm not lying. She's going to have a bigger mansion, a bigger seat, a bigger throne, because she used and she gave what she had right there. And she was an indispensable part of that congregation, an indispensable part of the body of Christ, and she didn't walk around flaunting it, but she knew she was given all that she had. And I challenge you Give everything you've got yeah. Follow the Holy Spirit You are indispensable If there's something that you put on the back burner Put it on the front burner If you need some help with it being on the front burner Come talk to me Come talk to Steve Braswell over there We'll help you get it on the front burner I mean that I'm not telling you to do something I'm just telling you to do what God's telling you to do Okay It, it could be as simple as pray It'd be as simple as write a letter It could be as simple as smile. It could be as simple as give hugs. It could be as simple as cook a meal. I don't know. But when we're all doing what God has told us to do, man, talk about phenomenal. I'm challenging you because I see pieces coming together. I see pieces coming together. And when it comes together, it's going to be something so beautiful, it's going to rock this city, ladies and gentlemen. And after it rocks this city, it's going to rock this state. And after it rocks this state, it's going to rock this nation. But we all have a part to play. I did not mean to talk about that either. Verse 23, and the parts that we think are less honorable, we will treat with special honor. If you think you're less honorable in this house, we're going to treat you with special honor. You should be treated with special honor. If you see someone in this house who may feel they're less honorable, I challenge you to treat them with special honor. Honor and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body, He's combined us all together and given greater honors to the parts that lacked it. So there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Equal concern. For each other equal concern for each other. That means in the body of Christ. There is equality right. We might have different offices, but we are equal yes, yes. Let me repeat that there may be different offices, but we are equal Amen. Amen. God does not see how we see God does not look at things like man looks at God looks at the obedience of the heart he challenges whatever he's challenged me to do. He, see, he sees, Robbie, are you being obedient to what I have told you to do? Bobby, he speaks to you and says, Bobby, are you being obedient to what I'm telling you to do? But we are equal. Yeah. There may be a different office, and I'm not saying you don't respect the offices in the house. You do. But at the same time, in God's eyes, we are equal. Yes. Yes. When he looks inside of us and he looks inside of us, he sees the same thing. the same thing. Are we obedient or are we not? Have we accepted Christ? Have we not? And I believe if we get that revelation, there'll be a lot more smiles on our faces. If we get that revelation, there'll be a lot less gossip. If we get that revelation, there'll be a lot more encouragement of those around us because we're on the same equal playing field as unto the Lord. And we'll hold our heads up high and smile. Hold your head up high tonight and tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Hold it up high. You are indispensable. You are a child of God. You are valuable. You are a valuable part of this house. And we are excited that God has put you as a valuable part of this house. You are not done. You are just getting started. And I challenge you to get started, rev that engine, pull that cord, and do whatever God's told you to do. Amen. And I challenge you, I appreciate the amens. I love the amens. But what excites me more is that you put action to the amen. Oh, I like those amens better right there. Because that means so be it. That means so be it. Yes, I will do it. Amen. Verse 25, so that there should be no division in the body. Because if we're honoring each other with equality, there will be no division. Verse 26, if one part suffers... Every part suffers with it. That means that we're operating in such love as the next chapter talks about. That we look for the people that are suffering. We don't have to be told that they're suffering. But we look on their face. We look in their language. We look on their body language. And we take that step. We move from faith to faith. And we show them love in whatever way we can. That's a part of the equality of the body of Christ, that we're not so focused on ourselves that we can see others and we can see their hurt. Oftentimes, the happiest people, the reason they're happy, the reason they have a smile on their face is because they're not concerned about themselves. Their focus is not themselves. Their focus is others. And I am speaking to me. Lord, have mercy. Am I speaking to me? How many times have I lost an opportunity to minister to someone because I've been so focused on myself? And I'll repent before you and confess to you, I have that has happened many times. But as Christians and as believers, we can make a difference in society by being Christians that people have never imagined. Christians who really honestly care. And that care doesn't come from here, ladies and gentlemen, that care comes from here. That care comes from the Holy Spirit getting hold of us, and we have such a love for people we can't even comprehend it. If you don't have that love, ask God to help you have that love. Ask God to help you get your hands dirty. I'm not talking about the gardening, it may be gardening. Ask God, say, Lord, what is it that you want these hands to do? Lord, help me to love the unlovable. Lord, help me to touch the untouchable. Lord, help me to see those that are hurting as I walk into the congregation. Even when I'm sitting at Waffle House, help me to see those who are hurting and give me the words to say that will change their life forever. You know, Christianity is lived not just in here at the altar. Christianity is lived out there in our everyday, ordinary life. verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed again, these offices, first of all, apostles, second prophets, teachers, workers of miracles, those that have gifts of healings, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration and those speaking in different kinds of tongues are all apostles or all prophets or all teachers Do all work of miracles, do all gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. And then I need to read the next part real quick. Chapter 13. And now I will show you the most excellent way. Didn't plan to read this part, but I feel like we need to. There wasn't any any chapter headings when this was written. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and I can prophesy up and down to have my own website. And I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have faith, I can move a mountain. But have not love. I am nothing. If we've got all kinds of wonderful worship up here and we're jumping in down in the presence of God and we've got goosebumps and the goosebumps have goosebumps but we have love we are nothing life church do life with us says you know what I love God and I love people do life with us says I love God and I love people I got so excited I lost my place If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Love is kind. Lord, help me more. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking or self-focused. It is not easily angered. Lord, help me. It keeps no record of wrongs. Lord, help me, help me, help me. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Guys, I love you. This is the most wonderful church on the planet. And I tell you, I want you to understand my heart, I am talking to me. I'm not trying to stomp on toes or anything like that. I just feel in my heart that we all need to be prepared for what is not only happening, but what is about to happen. And as we are prepared, you know, you guys are going to be so excited about what's happening in the house. We're not going to have to tell you to tell people about what's happening in the house. You're going to be so excited, it's going to become a natural expression of who you are. And when that starts happening, oh Lord, Steve, we're going to have to build a bigger building. Okay? All right? And that just comes from us loving who's already here, and loving who comes to the door, and loving all those connections of people that you have every day. Will you stand with me? Lord, Lord, I, I hope that your word has not fallen. on deaf ears or deaf hearts, including my own. Lord, help us to put in practice what you have shared with us tonight. Lord, I thank you for the awesome worship and the awesome anointing in the house. And Lord, I just pray that we would take that anointing out into the world, that we can redefine what a Christian is to the world. Let them know that we care, that we love, and Lord, that we we are going to be who you've called us to be. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. And we're going to welcome you in our everyday, ordinary life at Walmart, at Waffle House, uh, the drugstore, wherever it is, Lord, at work. And, Lord, we're going to be open to you working through us. And, Lord, we thank you for the equality in the house that there is nothing, there is no one that is indispensable, that everybody is equal, and that everybody has a part to play. And, Lord, I thank you for the parts to play that's going to come forth in this house. Lord, I'm not going to have to go to them, but they're going to come to me. Steve's not going to have to go to them, but they're going to come to Steve. Lord, Ryan's not going to go to them, but they're going to come to Ryan. Lord, we just thank you for what you're going to do in this house and for, Lord, the things that are coming that we can't even imagine. Lord, we open our hearts to you and we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Turn to a neighbor and show them some love. Amen. Y'all have a great night. God bless you. For listening to Life Church of Mobile's podcast, if you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at lifechurchmobile.com.